I decided to go to do something else. And by chance, I was accepted to the engineer school in Vienna. And I was accepted. I was the only woman, only with young men. And finally, I was the first woman with a degree in computer science. Welcome to a new episode of Most Memorable Journeys. My guest today is a lady that I found by complete coincidence. We were friends on Facebook and I sent her a message for some reason because I actually wanted to show her my podcast. And she replied to me and I found out that she is one of the most fascinating people that I've ever read about. She sent me her book, which is called Butterfly in a Storm. I read and I couldn't stop. I was just reading and reading. And, and, and then I thought, how amazing. She is a Swiss lady who has always been fighting for humans' rights. She had such a determination to finish her studies, to actually start her studies, finish her studies, and everything else that we want to talk about. Because if I give it all away now, then uh, we don't need to do the interview. Welcome to Most Memorable Journeys, Giselle Rufer. Uh, good afternoon. It's so great to have you here. And as I said, I am fascinated by your story. You were a little girl in the French part of Switzerland or in the kind of a bilingual part of Switzerland in the watch country. And you grew up there. Tell me a little bit about your childhood. I was born in France. My parents were both from Paris, but I was born in a little village near to Paris. And it was just after the war. And my father and my mother both didn't went to school, so they had to stop studying because of the war. And they had learned nothing, you see. But they were born entrepreneurs, both. Father decided to sell French products in Switzerland and to send Swiss watches in France. So he was always traveling from France to Switzerland, visiting shops in Switzerland and visiting jewelry in France. And one day he decided that it would be good to have a stop, in, to have a place where he could have all these things in Switzerland. And he bought a, a very old house in Porantruy. And Porantruy is a middle-aged village and a beautiful place. And so they decided to, to move in Porantruy. And uh, my mother had a shop in the house on the first level. And she was a singer, not professional. She would have liked to be an opera singer. Because of the war, she could not do it. And then she had the children. She had the chance to be invited to sing in a comedy. And suddenly, she was a beautiful Parisienne in this little city. And she had a beautiful shop. So everybody came here. To buy, uh, to buy beautiful things in the shop. I grew there in this uh, nice city. But when I was eight years old, uh, something terrible happened. My father died after a, a car accident. And it was very difficult for my mother because she was aware from a family 
far away for, from her family, and uh, she had to overcome everything alone. I was eight years old, and I didn't know what to do. And when I could hear her crying, I, was, I could just say, Mom, I love you, I love you. And it was the only thing I could do. But one day, near to the school, there was a, a little uh, park, and I know that I would find meiosotis. For, forgive me not, I think so. These little blue flowers, you see, the exact colors of my father's eyes. And I, I, I was there, and I sit in the grass, suddenly looking at the meiosotis, and uh, suddenly I saw a, a little plant, a green plant. I approach to the plant, and I pick it, and I look at it, and I say, ah, that is a four-leaf flower. And I saw that the falling flower does not exist, that you just like a fairy tales or Santa Claus. And I took it and I ran to my mother's shop. I pushed the door and I shouted, Mom, Mom, we are saved. I have found the falling flower. And by chance, my mother took it very seriously. And she said, yes, indeed, it's a falling flower. And she had a pendant and she she just opened the pendant and she put it in the pendant like this. And uh, she said, I will have it near to my heart and I am sure we will survive. You see, I, I cannot explain. I was a little girl, so it's difficult. The souvenir uh, are very, uh, like if it is a story, you see. But I had the feeling that the Foliv Glover was really acting and doing good, good things because one after the other, the problem my mother could solve the problem quite very quickly. She married again with a, a very nice uh, man, and, um, and that makes me perhaps naive, you can say, perhaps <laughs> because I am believing to this little thing that happened in your life. Uh, who can give you happiness, hope, uh, encourage you to do something. And uh, I think that is uh, something very important for me. I don't think it's naive. I think it's just very beautiful to have something to believe in. And it could be anything. In your case, it was a four-leaf clover. And for, for somebody else, it may be something different. But I think we all need some kind of a light that guides us to get to where we want to go or to achieve the things that we want to achieve. Because we are not talking about today's times. We are talking about many years ago when it wasn't so easy for a woman to get educated and to do what you want to do. And you did, and you you were very determined. I like that so much about you because you went to school and you wanted to do Well, it was Le Baccalauréat, which is in the English world, it's the A-levels, for example, or the International Baccalauréat. I read in the book, you did that when you were 27. Yeah, by chance, I fell in love when I was 30 with a nice uh, young man. He was just one year older than I. And I think we grew up together. Mm -hmm. <laughs> And we are still together. It's not easy every day, but we are still together. As I was the older of the family, we were five. And, uh, 
I had to stay and to support my mother. Mm-hmm. So when I finished school, I was not 15. I, I went and worked in the business of my mother. And uh, I made what we call an, an apprenticeship, doing everything in, in, a, in a business, you see, three years. And I was the youngest with a diploma when I was not yet 18. And I decided to go to, to Germany to learn uh, German. Mm-hmm. And my dream was to study art in Paris. My grandparents were living in Paris, and so it was very convenient. But just when I arrived, we discovered that my grandmother had a cancer. So I spent a lot of time with her. After seven months, she died. I continued my study for a few months, but my mother had a depression. I had to go back to support my mother and the business and the family. So I went back to Switzerland in Porantre. It was just, you see, for one year, I said one year, two years, until you were okay. But she went pregnant. She was 42. She had her first child. She was 18. And the last one, she was 42. And you see, I could not leave. I had to stay. There was mm-hmm. no option for me. And, um, and so I stayed until I was uh, 22 and a half. I was uh, speaking with my uh, amoureux, <laughs> yeah. my lover. Uh, he said, but uh, when, when, when we will be married, you can do what you want and study as you want. Because he's an engineer of Bicole Polytechnic, Polytechnical School. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's on a very high level, very intelligent man. It's not always easy to, to live with a super intelligent man, <laughs> but he, are, he has other very good qualities. <laughs> <laughs> I married and I said, okay, I, I tried to find a, a few jobs. I was 22 and a half, you see, but I had a, all an experience of uh, eight years working in a business uh, like like if that was it would have been my business, you see, and I was already traveling for exhibition, speaking with the people and organizing everything, the oldest of five, uh, you see, doing a lot of things. And uh, I was a nice young woman. And when I was asking for a job, they could not imagine, they just look at me as a nice young woman and giving me very simple job. It was not possible for me, you see? And uh, so I decided to study, but I just was pregnant. And I thought you were pregnant, yes. And after a few months of marriage, I was pregnant. And so I decided to study, and um, my husband said, I will support you. But you see, when you study that, the, what we call in Switzerland, maturité. Yeah? Young people, they, they study for three years, but they go full-time to school. Mm-hmm. And so <laughs> I could go, there was a special possibility to go to school in the evening. So I went to school for, for, uh, for evening from six to 10, but I had my son, then I had my daughter. 
I had to continue. And you see, one day I asked my husband and I said, why did you accept it? Because he had to come back, you see, at six o'clock to look after the children. And he said me, to me, but you know, when you said me that you would study that, I thought she will do that for two, three months and she will stop. <laughs> he never thought that you would go through with it. Yeah. <laughs> and so he thought, I said, but you know me, you say that when I want something, I really want it. And he said, yes, but what you are doing now, it's really because I was making the most difficult maturity, you see. So I didn't choose the, the, the easy way. I chose a high level way because my, my dream was to be a, a medical doctor. And so I had to, to be good, if you see, it's because it's very difficult. So I had my maturity and my husband decided uh, he was hired by uh, Omega, Omega uh, to develop because it was just the beginning of the informatic, you see. And he was in Switzerland, the first engineer with a diploma in informatics. And that, that was in uh, 1968. So you see, it's a long time ago. Mm -hmm. and, uh, and the big company were introducing uh, that. So uh, we decided to come to Bienne. Huh? Bienne, it is, uh, and the region is what we call the watch valley, you see. <laughs> Mm -hmm. uh, from from the Jura to, to to Geneva to to this place, it is the the, the, the Watch Valley, and I could not continue my study study to to be to be a medical doctor. It was not possible from Vienna. I just decided, okay, I cannot do that, uh, and because my, my children are very small, and in Switzerland, you see, we are a very rich country. But it is changing now. But it is not organized for the mother to have a job, to work. School, you, you have to go home for, for dinner, and you have two hours in the afternoon, two hours in the morning, and so on. And it's impossible for a, a mother uh, with small children if she doesn't have uh, somebody to look after the children to go to work. So... I decided, okay, my other dream was to study art. So I had the possibility, and that I have to thank the, the professor, that I could study art. I could take my children with me. And they were, they were sitting somewhere, painting and doing things. And a lot of things I could do from home also. So I studied art for five, five years. I was very very uh, involved in the painting and so on. But on the other way, one of my passion is uh, ballet dancing, ballet dancing. I never stopped dancing. I was also taking my children to my class. <laughs> and um, very quickly, my daughter, when she was four years old, the teacher said to me, because she was in the back of the, of the room and she was trying to dance like the mother, you see, and she said, she, she is very special. I want to, to do something that I never do. I will take a group of a little girl, four years, usually she was taking the girls uh, after seven, and I will do something very special 
I have read a book about introducing ballet to little girls and so on. And so my daughter began to have a ballet school 20 minutes, after that half an hour, after that one, one hour, then she two, 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 twice a week. And finally, she ended when she was 10 years old, every day, two hours. And she said, I want to be a ballet dancer. And she, she was accepted to the, they called, um, to Paris, to the opera. Mm-hmm. And it was obvious that with my art, my painting, sculpture, and so I was not making money. You see, I was rather spending money. Yes. I decided to do something else. And by chance, I was accepted to the engineer school in Yen. And I was accepted. I was the only woman, only with young men. And finally, I was the first woman with a degree in computer science. That's amazing. I mean, you were the first woman in Switzerland. Uh, you see, there was other women already working in computer science, but the degree they did it without going to school. You see, they okay, had okay, because. Uh, but that that was the first uh, school in Switzerland uh, making this uh, degree. You see, and again, my husband said. Yes, when I received the paper, he said, you see, you have done something incredible. Because at that time, my children, they were 10 and 12. Yeah. So when I was coming back from school, I had to look after my children lesson and do everything. And I could work only during, because at that time, I was going to school in the same hour approximately than my, my children. So when I was back, I was making the homework with my children and then everything that a normal uh, wife (laughs) is doing. And then uh, during the night, uh, learning my my home, my own homework. That's crazy. That is crazy. I mean, and that's what I noticed when I read your book. The two things that I noticed was your determination, but also the support or also the understanding of your husband. He never said no. No, 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 no. Yeah, I mean, that is really, really, we're talking again, we're, we're talking about quite a few years ago. This is not yesterday. This was quite a few years ago. One of the things that really made an impression on me and that I have noted here is you started working for Swatch. Alors, yes, I have to say I was uh, just after my study, I began to work in a very famous uh, com- computer company. I was treated like a secretary. You see, giving because you were a woman. Yeah. After not six months, I said to my husband, "It's impossible. They only give me little things." You see, and I have a degree, and I speak German, I speak French, English. I, I could do everything, but they say, "Oh, Madame Riffer, we need you to do that work." And I went to see the, the director and I told him and he said, oh, no, wait, wait, we, we, wait, it will change. And so I went back and one day when I was telling to my husband that I was getting crazy about this fact, he was reading the paper when I was preparing the lunch and he said, ah, oh, there is something for you here. 
and he could see he, he was reading me an announce an advertisement uh, we are looking for somebody who can see out of the box uh, uh, who can uh, travel who can develop new ideas enfin, and i told to my husband that you see it is a portrait of a man it was really somebody uh, strong entrepreneur you see but they will never take me look at me i am a nice picture <laughs> woman they will and he said are oh, you again with your feminist uh, finally i said okay i will send finally i was um, accepted we were three two men and i and it was to launch the watch flip flag yeah and something that was good for me you see men has a big ego you yeah. probably know that <laughs> and when they could see that it was just a little watch for children you see they were not interested so i was the last one and i accepted and the boss said to me but you never did something like that and i said to him no there is a lot of things i had never done before but i could do it if there is if it's possible but by chance you see for the watch flick like who buys a watch the mother the family and the teacher are using the the watch so i did a lot of things with schools and i used to be a sales woman you see when i was in my mother's shop so i know all the all what everybody is needing the provision was to sell 80,000 watches in Germany, 80,000 watches in Italy, and 20,000 watches in Switzerland. After one year, I was not alone. I had a team of three. After one year, we had sold even more than 80,000 watches in Switzerland, and they had not sold 20,000 in Germany and in Italy. So suddenly, after one year, in the, the, the Swatch Group, I was like a star. <laughs> you see? And uh, after three years doing the job, I had learned, I thought, I had learned everything about that. And I went to, say, to, say, to, to speak with the boss, and I said to him, okay, you see, now I had made the tour of, uh, of that. I want to do, to do more. And he said, he said, no, no, you are very good for that stay there. And I said, sorry, but I will leave to have uh, to go to, because in the Swatch Group, they, there is a lot of brands. Different and, departments. Yeah, they, they are independent brands, but they belong. Yeah. From Flick Flag, I was promoted product manager by Omega. And the fact, you see, that I, I was not... All, almost all the people in the high level in Switzerland, they are coming from prestigious university. And they were students, and they went to the military in Switzerland, military, mm-hmm. and they took to very high uh, schools. Right. Yeah. And they, they are all, you see, yeah. pretentious. Yeah. I am a woman who worked from the age of 14. I can go everywhere speak with the um, gardener or with, with the, the garagist, you see. Yeah. I, I can speak with everybody 
it's on the same level. Yeah. So very quickly when I enter in a company, my husband was working by Omega for 17 years. When I was there, people were saying to me, ah, you have the husband of Madame Rupert. <laughs> That's nice. <laughs> you see, because he's typically the engineer, very yeah. intelligent, but very uh, modest. You see? Yeah. Yes, you see, and, and I am more extraverted and uh, yeah. to speak with everybody, organize yeah. a lot of things. I yeah. was also uh, involved in, in the women issue in the city, so everybody knows me. So, <laughs> Did you travel for Omega and for Flick Flack? Did you go abroad? I, I went abroad, but not uh, intensively. I was... Uh, uh, more in in Europe, yeah, Germany, Italy, France, Austria, England. I was also a few times in uh, in New York, but it was not intensive traveling. Once a month, perhaps. You see. Yeah, yeah. But I was traveling a lot inside Switzerland. I know all the cities in Switzerland. <laughs> I know the, the the station and I know all the parking and I know where to use it very well because I, I was, as I told you, I was very involved in um, a women issue uh, in the city also to do as a woman. Yeah, I had to solve so many problems from my, my mother, <laughs> you see, had to survive as a way. And for me to study as a woman and so on. So I, I said, I have to, to participate and to help. So, and as I could, I can't speak quite well and uh, uh, say my opinion. Inside Omega, I was also a little, very quickly the center of a meeting with feminist movement, you see. Yeah. I didn't show the danger, you see, because... Uh, it, I was like uh, something inside because all the, the high position were men. I yes. Was men. yes. Very quickly, I, I was in charge of a mechanical. Uh, uh, it was Omega, a mechanical uh, collection, very mechanical, very macho. I asked my boss because my, my boss, the big boss, liked me very much. He said that. I was the future of uh, the watch industry. (laughs) (laughs) And um, and that was also dangerous. I said, but there is no real watch for women by Mm -hmm. Omega. You you have watches to go to the moon. You have watches to go uh, 300 meters in the sea. You have all kinds of watches, but you don't have a real watch for women a watch that symbolizes the value of time for women. All the developers are men. As long as you look the women with the eyes of men, you don't, you have a special vision of femininity. And it is now time for women to create what they really want for them. Yeah. And that is 30 years ago. Now it is up to date. Everybody say that, but when you say something like that, when everybody says, even you see, I have heard things about women, 
because I was reading all the books for women. You probably we probably have read the same book, about, <laughs> yes. you know, the feminist book and so on. But the men, they don't read that book. They no, and they don't know about it. Yeah. You see, I used to say that there is a silent revolution for now 50 or 100 years. Yeah. It began quite probably more than 100 years ago. And this silent revolution killed nobody, you see? No yeah. group, no. But it is this revolution is like the water. The water can go slowly everywhere, but suddenly the water is everywhere. And the revolution women are making for, say, 100 years is now, I think, we need another 100 years probably. <laughs> but we have to be constant, to be perspicace, to really to want to, I don't find the word I want to say, but persistent. We have Persistent, to persistent. yes, is the word, yeah. We have to be persistent. And what we have to do is to support each other. What yes. you do now, you see, is really something every woman should do for the neighboring, for his daughter, for her niece, for her mother, for, you see, just supporting a other mother. And tirer to, uh, to pull, eh? and that is really something. And working for Omega after three years, and the boss who had me changed, and suddenly I was the star, but mm-hmm. suddenly there's a few men around me who sometimes were wanting more from me than I wanted to give them, or the, the one who were afraid because I could I could go through, you see, I don't know. But one day I spoke with the, the next boss and he said to me, Madame Ruffet, I am the boss. I am the boss. You do what I ask you to do. You don't do something else. Huh? And everything you do, I have to, to go through and to accept it. And you are not the boss. I am the boss. And I said, but I, I am a, a, crea- a creator. I am mm-hmm. creative. And you see creative people. When you have an idea, you cannot stop it. Oh. And you cannot program it. And so I said, okay. And I left the companies. But it was very, very difficult. Because I used to be on quite a high level in, in, a, in a very high company. I could not find a, a, a same job at the same level. People were afraid of me. Yeah. I, I think that now, but at that time, I didn't saw, I, I didn't saw that. I had a few jobs, one after the other. Six months, six months, six months. I, and even nice people were to, telling me, don't you think that the problem is in yourself? <laughs> and I, in fact, it was true. I decided to go back to the u- university to make what we call an entrepreneurship education, upon formation, to the u- university in Neuchâtel. And uh, it was uh, uh, something like six months, but very, very intensive. The first things we do the first week, a lot of tests. What is an entrepreneur? Mm-hmm. What, does, what do they have to know? And so on. And after the test, 
it was clear that I was an entrepreneur and not an employee. You see, and the entrepreneur, it's difficult for them to work in a big structure where you have to observe all the rules and to, uh, to go to the hierarchy yeah. and to, like, like that. So finally, it was true. The problem was in me. Yeah. <laughs> the solution was in me too. Yeah. So that's when you decided to start something on your own. That, that's how the idea of the lance came around, isn't it? Yeah. You see, when I was by Omega, so I, I developed a special uh, collection for women, which was not accepted. And I have learned everything about that. You see? Yeah. How, what, which material and I, I you knew how to make a watch. Yeah, I was a, a specialist for that. And so I decided, okay, and they don't want to make a special watch for women because they say women, they just have to wear, we make a smaller version of the men watch mm -hmm. or we make fantasy uh, watches, uh, but we will not spend the money to, to make special watch for them. And that is why they take big watches, put some diamonds or pink di pink dial or pink straps as Cindy Crawford or what, whatever. And they pay these women to wear the big watch, a men watch. And okay, it's cheaper than developing a new watch. In a special campaign for, for women, you see, because they just take, and a lot of women, and I was one of them until I was 40. I was wearing men watches because yeah. I didn't like feminine, two feminine watches. You see, mm -hmm. or I was wearing watches from my grandmother, and that inspired me too. And so I said, "Okay, I will create my company, and I will make it more of a women. My company will be the essence of womanhood." I will create a company which is a symbol of all the value women share all over the world. And I will create the watch that is symbolizing all this value. And I made a business plan, all the things, prototype, and I went to the, to, to the bank, the banker. I can't tell you, you can uh, invite me another time to see if you want more detail. But It was incredible. They asked me a question. Does your husband agree with what you do? Oh, my God. <laughs> Are you sure you can make a, a watch? I mean, <laughs> incredible. Wanting to, to develop everything with women. Eh? And uh, to, to base all the things with the, the women helping other women and supporting other women. And say something, pop. Huh, Don't work with women. After two months, all the women will, will um, uh, make story and uh, mm -hmm. cannot, women cannot work together. I grown up, my mother had uh, this company and we were only women. Yeah, company. and you got on, you got along. <laughs> yeah, and uh, we, we, yes, you see, I know that very often uh, who makes a problem between women in a team, it is the boss. Because the boss, you see, he is speaking to the women one in a different way. And after that, the women, very often, I have noticed that, that if there are problems in a team of women, fi find the men. 
Yeah, <laughs> that's interesting. <laughs> that's interesting to hear. So, um, so how did you start? So the bank didn't give you the money. How? Because I know that you did it, but how did you do it? First, I began. You said I said to you, I went to the university. I made the business plan. I had developed the, the collection for Omega. I know the the designer, and that was also something when you are women. Uh, I said I want to find a woman as a designer. Yeah, and finally. People said, no, but there are no women who can design a watch. I said, oh, that's probably. I spoke. One of the most famous Omega watch was designed by a woman uh, 40 years ago. But nobody knows about her. I want to find these women because I have read in the, in the paper of the company that it was a woman who made that watch. But you can't see her name. You cannot see her name. That's anyway, crazy. yeah. And I was looking for this woman, but she had married and she has changed her name. But finally, I find her. I, we did, we did not, we worked together for my watch. So I had the idea. It's long if I explain everything. First, I said, if I make a watch made by women, it will be more of a woman. But it will not be, you say, I don't know how to say it. Well, kind of gaudy, yes, yes. I want something strong, something strong, but soft. So strong and soft. Yeah, 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 yeah. I understand, yeah. I want the watch to be like a miniature sculpture. Uh, so uh, that is made in one piece because as an engineer, I know about the, the new machine, mm-hmm. uh, 3D, 3D machine, that because usually in the watch industry, you make, for, for the watch, you have three pieces. You have the watch, you have the glass, mm-hmm. and you have the back. Usually the watch itself is made in different pieces. You add things to, to the watch, yeah. just look at the watch, to give like um, something like a sculpture, but it is added element. Right? Yeah. I say, I don't want to do that. I want to, to, to make a real sculpture. Take the watch out of a block of steel or gold. And uh, so I developed the idea. I developed the, 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 the design. I had to find um, a company, uh, a supplier who would do that. I made the tour of the supplier. When I was by Omega, I was calling and say, I am uh, Giselle Piffer uh, from Omega. I would like to see if you can do that or that. Oh, sure, come tomorrow. And so when I was Giselle Piffer alone, I was calling the supplier. And they say, oh, we have no time. We have too much to do. We don't take new new clients. By chance, and that I said is destiny. In Pohantri, where I grown up, when he died, my father was developing a, a watch company. And I could find, I could ask the son. And uh, I asked him and I, I, I tell him about my father and so on. He said, okay. I will, I will do it with you. Finally, 
because perhaps of my father, you see, because I think that my father was somewhere. And also I had to find a company who would make the assembly. Eh? Yeah. And also I could find the son of the, the company with, with whom my father was working. Mm-hmm. They also accepted. I, I could find, you see, if I, if I cannot say everything in the book, if some people are more interested in details. I uh, need just, to read the book. Yes. To read the book. But what was very, uh, uh, the, the, the manufacturing of the watch. I am a professional. Uh, I am in the watch valley. Uh, everything is open. If you are professional, you can do what you want. That is not a problem. But I was not wanting to do just another watch. I was wanting to make a watch with a strong symbolic signification, like the four-leaf clover, you see? Yeah. I didn't choose the shape of the four-leaf clover because Ooh. I thought it, it, it is um, this shape. I don't know if uh, this symbol is worth uh, all over the world. I say I want something universal. Mm-hmm. And as I told you, I had studied art, and in art, a symbolic is very important. And so I made research about the shape. I said, I don't want a round watch. I don't want a square watch. I want, don't want all this shape. I want something very special. And the only shape that was left was the diamond shape. I look in my symbolic book, what is the meaning of the diamond shape? And the diamond shape is a symbol of the womb, is a symbol of the prosperity in China. Because when you have children, it's a prosperity. It is uh, the symbol of the four direction. It, it's a lot of symbol. You can also find in a, a symbolic book. So I decide, okay, I take the the diamond shape. And I was more because when I had asked women, what is important in your life? They always say life. Mm -hmm. Life is the most important for us. If we have children or not, but women are very involved in the life issue. And something that we need is harmony. Because probably one of the reasons why women don't jump to the top in company. It is because we need harmony. Yeah. We cannot do things that we are against our feeling. Otherwise, we, we make a burnout or whatever. So what? how to symbolize harmony? So you see on the, on the north, a spiral. And the spiral is a symbol of femininity. It is water moon and femininity and on the top on the south there is a stone and stone uh, south is the sun and masculinity and you have the infinity circle buckle connecting north and south femininity and masculinity and that is a symbol of life harmony and spirituality and also you see I was treated as this feminist, you see, uh, this terrible feminist who <laughs> wants to watch it. But 
My watch, okay, it's a symbol of feminism because it is made by women for women. But the men are included. And what I want is to live in harmony with men. Yeah. I just like men just to be as nice with me as a woman. You see, just like that. I don't want to be superior or inferior. I just want to be a woman. And even if somebody is more intelligent or has more power, there is no reason we are all on the same level. That is really what I want in my life, in my daily life, and I would like to be to be everywhere. That's so beautiful. And we are going to put the link to your website in the show notes so people can actually look up what these watches look like because they are beautiful and they can also be like individually created. I will tell you one of the, uh, the three little story about watches. Huh? Uh, the first one I had the idea, we, we are five children. And when my mother died two years ago, but when we were all together, we were 30 people, uh, a lot of uh, noise and so on. And we were there for, for Mother's Day, I think so. And when my mother was, she was just 75. She said, I love when you are there. I am so happy when you go away. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, she said, but when you are not there, I miss you. Yeah. We were all around the table and we were speaking uh, what, to do for her birthday. She would just turn 75. As she said, I need nothing. Just if we are all together, for me, it's the best gift I can receive. And she already had a Delance watch. And I said, okay, I have an idea. We can set a stone at the hour your children are born. And the grandchildren were there too. And they said, ah, if your children are there, we also want to be uh, around with you. And she already had grand-grandchildren. So mm -hmm. you, you have three rows of stone. And the first was the children, second was the grandchildren, and the grand-grandchildren. And finally, my mother ended, because we can add them, ended with five for the children, 11 for the grandchildren, and 10 for the grand-grands. And now there are more, but uh, she, she, she left. And that was the first idea, you see. I was in Dubai. Interviewed was interviewed by a marvelous, beautiful young woman, and we were speaking like to. She was the age of my daughter. We were speaking like two women. A very nice uh, interview. I tell her about the, the watch and the possibility to personalize, and she said, "Oh, that is not for me." I asked why. She said, "I I was uh, discovered after." A bomb attacked in Palestine. The, my, they could not find who were my parents. So they gave me a name, they gave me a, a date of birth, and I spent all my childhood from one place to for, from an orphanage to another, from a family to another. And now I am so crazy that there is no man who can be, stay with me. I was looking at these beautiful women like that, thinking of my daughter. And she said, I have to have an idea. 
I need something. And I said to her, but you have a dream. You told me about your dream. Tell me more about this dream. And she said, I want to create an, an orphanage, an orphanina, orphanage. Mm -hmm, an orphanage, yeah. In uh, Palestine, in a place where it is safe. Uh, you see a square house with a garden in the middle and with a fountain in the middle mm -hmm. of the garden and where, where children can be like at home. That children will, will be together like families and there will be the parents and, and so on. And I said, but that is beautiful. Close your eyes. And I asked her, show me where you see Palestine when you show, uh, close your eyes. And she said, here, like we will say at two o'clock. Mm -hmm. And I said, what is your color you see? She said, oh, a beautiful green like emerald. And I said, do you have a lucky number? And she said, yes, the four. And so I took a photo of the watch and I designed a little square, a green square at two o'clock. And I said, that will represent your dream. That will represent what you want to achieve in your life. And it will be like a mentor, a silent mentor, or like an anchor. Each time you look at it, the watch will remind you to be true to your dream. And that is when I had the, the idea of the dream. And you can combine, you can have your, your dream, you can have your children, you can have, if you have a souvenir. Uh, once uh, a woman said, when I was a little girl, I had a cat and the cat died and I was so desperate. So we, we put a stone in some place to symbolize a cat. You see, you can't do everything. I have so many ideas, so many examples of model. And for each woman, uh, it will be like a shared secret between her and me. You see, co-creation. Yeah. And now I have her that the big watch company, they speak about human experience. Yeah. You see? Uh, that, and I do that for 30 years. Exactly. You invented that. Yeah, that's amazing. That's amazing. We have already spent a long time. I just noticed where we've been talking for an hour. So we'll, we're going to put that link in the in the show notes. I just want to end this conversation. I want to, because the podcast is called Most Memorable Journeys, as in travel. Where do you like to travel, Giselle? You see, uh, traveling all over the world, I, I appreciate Switzerland more. Yeah, I understand. <laughs> That's where yeah. I'm from. <laughs> but when I travel, what I want the, the best is first as an artist. I very much like to go to places uh, uh, where you can have museum or where you can have uh, beautiful things. I also very much like uh, the countries. and the, So uh, everywhere I go, what I do, I don't compare. Because very often I see people travel, but they say, oh, but in Switzerland, oh, but yeah. I don't compare. When I go to Hong Kong, I can say I went in Hong Kong to a very beautiful place where you can see all this, the city, the, the, the lakes, the, the sea. And every, I was in Japan. Some, I was in Japan when it was the Sakura time. 
It was so marvelous. Beautiful, yes. I was in place, but what I really like is to meet the people. You see, when when you travel as as a traveler, you are a traveler. But when you travel for your job, you are with people from the place, and they bring you to places you would never go. You, you mm-hmm. don't know. They tell you the story about. So I cannot say there is a place I prefer to another. I was in Africa too. I was in India. I I can say I was almost in all the places all over the world. And everywhere I go, I find incredible people and incredible places. Just open my eyes and just look and find what is beautiful without comparing. Because if you compare with with Europe, you see where we everything is perfect. Perfect. Yeah. <laughs> you you will say, oh, it's better in Switzerland. This one no, no, no comparison. When we go somewhere, open your eyes, open your heart, and just find what is beautiful there. And that is what I try to do. That's so beautiful. And you meet incredible people because you are an incredible lady yourself. And I think like attracts like. And that's why I really hope that you will still have a lot of time to meet all those, attract more of those incredible people. And I would like to meet you in person too one day. I would. I never was in Cyprus. Never. Well, I think maybe this is a sign. Maybe this is time for you to come and visit my island. I mean, I, I'm originally from Lucerne, but I've been living here for many, many years. Uh, yeah. I would really be happy to come. I yeah. you to come with somebody from the place to show me the nice place, meeting the, the people you know, your friend and so on, because that is the best way to know a country is is to to meet the people. Absolutely. And maybe we can sell a couple of watches as well at the same time. You can invite me as a speaker. Yes, you can come to one of my Global Woman Club meetings. But let's arrange that outside the podcast interview. We are going to end it here. I want to really, really thank you for your insights, for your stories. As I said, the moment I opened that book, Butterfly in in a Storm, I couldn't stop. I just read and read and read. And I thought, wow, this is a fascinating woman. And I thank you so much for being on Most Memorable Journeys. I thank you for inviting me. If you enjoy my podcast, please like, share and subscribe to my channel. You will find all the information in the show notes.